Today on Recur Now, a turning point for post-crisis culture. Plus, Masterclass snags another 100 mil, and the first ever B2B reality show has arrived. From my remote setup, it's Abby Sullivan here on Thursday, May 28th. A beautiful day to subscribe. The arrival of COVID-19 in the U.S. and the world has brought undeniable changes in its wake, many of which are fleeting, others that will linger for years to follow. The most obvious, our physical health, perhaps less clear-cut, our mentality. Americans are reporting high levels of emotional distress from the coronavirus pandemic, levels that some experts warn may lead to a national mental health crisis. Social isolation, economic insecurity, and fear of an uncertain future have led 45% of American adults to say that COVID-19 has negatively affected their mental well-being. So, as business leaders and entrepreneurs, the onus is on us to look ahead and take serious stock of how we're approaching the issue within our professional organizations. Will COVID-19 be the turning point we need for workplace mental health? Or perhaps a better question, can it be? Here is your deep dive story. The coronavirus pandemic has put a serious spotlight on mental health, both in the personal sector and the professional space. And although the implications are somber, I, for one, have high hopes we pull something positive from this experience. From financial stressors to health scares and complete uncertainty in what lies ahead, we're all bound to feel some sort of mixed emotion amid the mayhem. Too often, though, I witness a compartmentalization of mental health. We may have generalized anxiety, OCD, or clinical depression. We either address it or we don't. We sometimes receive an official diagnosis. Other times we don't. We ideally find a treatment or coping mechanism, and we walk away, wishing for the best. But the reality is, maintaining a healthy mental state comes with a far-reaching spectrum, and the definitions of it, the feelings that accompany it, and the ways in which we treat it are often the furthest things from straightforward. I personally struggle in this realm on a regular basis, and the pandemic has brought about internal feelings I admittedly thought I had some sort of immunity to but I certainly do not. And while almost all employers believe improving mental health in the workplace is good for their business, 17% acknowledge not offering any resources at all, according to a survey of over 1,300 U.S. business decision makers. At a striking rate, employees too feel coverage is missing. 65% of workers say they don't feel their employer offers benefits or programs that help support or improve their mental well-being, according to MetLife Research released just this past April. Here's a bit from a podcast by The Guardian on this very topic. With Anushka Asthana, British journalist, accompanied by public health specialist Dr. Antonis Kasilis. We've never lived through anything like this before. What does it do to the brain when your life dramatically changes in circumstances like this? The impact on, on our brain and more generally on our psychology can be quite profound. Dr. Antonis Kasilis is the England and Wales Director of the Mental Health Foundation and a leading expert in this field. The instinctive response is a response of stress. And stress is recorded in a place of the brain that's called amygdala. And the more protracted and excessive that stress is, the more it impacts on our behavior, uh, on our responses, and on also our long-term responses to circumstances that will in the future feel similar, even though not exactly the same. Ever since the pandemic started sweeping around the world and we started talking about this specific condition, we've talked about a lot about vulnerability and we've heard a lot about physical vulnerabilities and in the sense of underlying conditions. There has been very little talk about mental health vulnerabilities and people who have that experience of stress or depression or trauma or maybe things like OCD in their past, 
they are exposed to uh, to circumstances that could be quite triggering for them. In many ways, it's shining a light on flaws that existed before we knew about COVID-19, says Ann Richter, a health management consultant at Willis Towers Watson. Some employers were focused on a full spectrum of well-being, including emotional, financial, and mental, she says. But many fell short when it came to helping employees with such issues as anxiety, depression, and stress. I have clients I work with that have a vast array of resources. Apps, vendors, programs, communication channels, Anne says, all aimed at building emotional resilience that you would fall back on in times like this. But Anne says she has other employers who say, that's not really our thing. So how do we change this? Perhaps the biggest change we can put forth that ideally will become permanent is simply making it okay to address the issue, industry experts say. A majority of employers will add or extend current resources, which we've seen big names like Target and Starbucks do to move the needle, adding therapy benefits, online resources, and counseling packages to their internal offerings. Others will maybe better train managers and leaders, encouraging active empathy and support, while some will look to external professionals. Brian Smith, co-founder of Leon Health Science, a leader in the employee wellness space, says it boils down to understanding recovery and building overall resiliency. Recovery starts with taking into account that your body and your mind are already fatigued, he says, and that stress, it's a cumulative process. So the longer we live in this environment, the more into stress debt we go and the worse our headspace becomes. So as founders or leaders, we must let our teams unplug as much as possible. And if not, as time goes on, our headspaces will decline. Companies need to become more proactive as this continues and find ways to let people unplug and recover. Adding days off, reducing hours, or even cycling responsibilities between team members is a real possibility. But just as there is no black and white approach to diagnosing and or treating mental health battles, I know there's also no hard and fast rules for how to address this in the workplace. So I'm really curious to hear, what have you done in regard to the mental health movement? whether it's personal or professional for yourself, your family, or your peers? How can you consider the implications and ideally thwart the potential for a mass downward spiral and instead push to both strength and growth? I am all ears to discuss at abby at profitwell.com. And now a quick pivot to look at your B2B SaaS index. The overall index today is looking good with consistently positive percent change across the board. Your MRR gain, however, which is made up of new revenue and upgrades, is still in the negative percentile from over the last 24 hours, at negative 2.88%, although up from almost negative 7% after the effects of Memorial Day weekend. And now, your news. Masterclass snags another $100 million in Series E funding last week to bring in a whopping $800 million valuation. The company will be upping production to one new class a week and reportedly has its sights on VR. Oh, the places you'll go. In content news, we see the first ever B2B reality series, a docu-series that goes behind the scenes of a hyper-growth startup. In it, the crew follows Joey Chen through her first 90 days as she starts a new job as content director in the B2B space, right before the outbreak of COVID-19. And Spotify removes its 10,000 song limit in a further move to free. Just last week and in yesterday's episode, we saw Notion extend its freemium offering for current and future users. Which has me wondering, is free our future? Today's featured user is Output, a new music company that develops innovative software instruments for musicians, composers, producers, and sound designers. The Output focus is simple. 
enable music makers to be creative. I will link to more on them in your subscriber newsletter. And that is a wrap on your Thursday news. I will catch you right back here tomorrow to wrap the week with more. As a reminder, we also offer a weekly version of Recur Now, a newsletter with a roundup of the best in B2B SaaS news from the week. If you'd rather receive information on a weekly basis, simply reply to me at abbyaprofitwell.com and I will get you on that list. This has been a Recur Studios production, the fastest growing subscription network out there. If you find use for this show, subscribe for more like it at profitwell.com slash recur.